up this week on Breaking Badness. Today, we're counting down the top episodes from 2023. What did you like the most? What topics resonated with you? And what puns were the most clever? To find out, keep listening. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, best of 2023 episode, recorded on December 21st, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie, me, myself, and I, Fencil. So it's just going to be me uh, uh, for this episode, counting down to what were the top five episodes of 2023. Um, Just as a brief uh, introduction, if you're a newer listener, Um, I have been with Domain Tools for two years now, um, both behind the mic and behind the scenes, um, taking over for host Kelsey LaBelle. Um, I uh, previously handled all the off-mic work, including creating our show outlines, the blog notes, and posting on social media. And then in 2023, I've been uh, behind the mic more um, on regular episodes. So um, Hopefully, if you haven't checked out those episodes, um, you can go back and and listen to them when you have the the chance to do so. Um, So I wanted to um, talk about, uh, before we get into it, what's coming in 2024. So uh, we've been very lucky to have had a number of fantastic guests this past year, and we're going to um, continue that in 2024. I'm not at liberty to say um, who is going to be uh, joining us, but uh, it's definitely a goal of ours to talk to more folks in the field. Um, In 2023, we launched our um, book club uh, segments. I don't know if you'd call it a segment necessarily because they are whole episodes. So we shared one book club episode um, in December of 2023, and we actually have a few ready to go uh, for the new year, which is going to be very exciting. Um, And if you'd like to be on an episode for book club, please give us a shout. Um, We will also, uh, we will definitely be at RSA um, as Domain Tools, um, and I'm hopeful that I can return. Um, to talk to more people for Breaking Badness because that's something that we did in 2023. Um, Also, in 2024, we should be hitting our 200th episode, which is going to be really fun. In 2023, we made it to the spectacular two-part 150th episode talking to all the folks at Domain Tools um, who have made Breaking Badness possible. So um, I'm very excited for you know, what's going to come for our 200th episode. I'm not quite sure when that's going to hit, probably mid-year, maybe Q3, um, but please stay tuned for that. And um, before we move on, I also, you know, want to thank you, our listeners. Um, We know you have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts, and we're appreciative that you choose to listen to ours and we are very pleased to share that the number of listens, you know, con- continues to increase. Uh, from the time I started uh, back in 2022, uh, we we continue to see growth, uh, and that's not possible without our audience. So a big thank you to you. 
you know, and it's also fun to see that not only do we garner, you know, a lot of listens in the United States where where we are based, but we're seeing listeners in Germany, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Australia, France, and that that's really just naming a few. There's there's so many listeners based all over the world and it's great to see that the discussions that we have are are meaningful uh you know in different locations so thank you so much for for tuning in wherever you are and also um i won't read off or brag about analytics uh but we did notice we had an abundance of listens in january and november so we we hear you loud and clear we know which what episodes uh aired in those months. And, you know, you know, again, if there's anything that we did that you really liked um, or feel we could do better, you want to see more of, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. We would we would always welcome that feedback. So uh, thank you to all of the guests we had this year. Um, I mentioned um, that we we were fortunate enough to have a number of guests, which is fantastic. Um, it's a huge leap from from the number of guests that we were able to uh, to have in 2022. So in 2023, we started off strong. Uh, in January, we met with Champ Clark III and Stephen Drenning Blaylock from Quadrant Security, and they shared a gripping account of how they were able to thwart the Black Basta ransomware group. Um, that episode really feels like a spy story when you listen to it. And if you haven't checked it out already, um, I hope that you're able to do so. We also, like I mentioned, we met some great people at RSA um, back in, I believe that was April, um, as sort of like a man on the street type event with interviewing folks on the show floor, including um, Katie Nichols, Alan Liska, Jamie Williams, Ben April, Leslie Carhart, and that that's just naming a few. Um, you know, again, I trying trying to ensure that this show isn't isn't too long, but yeah, that's that's really just a handful of the few folks of the folks that we were, you know, able to speak to at RSA. And those are that's a three-part uh episode um that I again, if you haven't checked out, I hope I hope you're able to. We got to talk to some really great folks uh, from you know different organizations, um, different researchers, um, people um who are in leadership positions at uh, these, you know, these various companies. Um it's a it's a great uh little mini series and I hope you're able to check it out. And Alan Liska joined us uh, to talk about um, his cybersecurity comic book, um, which is titled Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Um, And stay tuned because he will be um, coming back to the show um, for one of the aforementioned book club episodes that I mentioned were uh, ready ready and raring to go in 2024. Um, That's going to be a great episode uh, with both Alan and John DiMaggio. So please stay tuned for that. Special special shout out to Alan, um, who is always very willing to uh, you know share what we're talking about on the podcast. He's he's been a guest a few times, um, introduced me to you know very very fine folks like John DiMaggio um, and a few other folks at RSA. So very appreciative to to Alan. Um, we also were able to speak with some folks. Um, 
for our Voices from InfoSec series. Um, so we talked to them about their paths to InfoSec, what they're currently working on, any advice that they would have for um, for people who are newer to the industry, um, just any any general advice that they would share uh, you know, with, with folks, um, which is always great to, to have. So we, you know, we're very fortunate to speak with Tracy Mayleaf, um, and Peter Lowe and Tony Robinson. So thank you so much to, to those folks for, um, uh, giving us some time to, to talk, to talk to us about their, uh, their paths to InfoSec. We also spoke with Sean Gallagher from Sophos um, to discuss pig butchering at length. We had published um, some of our own research um, regarding pig butchering and um, noticed um, that Sophos, um, you know, particularly Sean Gallagher as the author, um, was doing his own um, in, um, research on pig butchering as well. And we thought it would be, you know, a great episode to just simply devote everything we've got to pig butchering. So that's that's a, a very interesting episode to listen to as well. And finally, our friend Noel Cookies um, joined us again to talk about a smishing campaign targeting the United States Postal Service. And that was a recent episode um, at the time that I'm recording this. So it was just a couple weeks ago. Um, always great to have Noel Cookies on our show. I think uh we try to have him on once a year. Um, it'd be great to have him on more than once a year, though. So, no cookies, if you're listening, um, we would uh, always welcome you back whenever, whenever you've got the time. So, so you know, thanks in advance for that. Um, so, yeah, thank thank you to all the guests we've had this year. And I'm gonna move into um, the next portion of this, you know, countdown episode. Um, which I did last year in uh, the twenty, the best of 2022 episode, which was the top punny names. Um, so the top punny names for 2023. Um, this is using no no voting methods of any sort um, or any critique, you know, other than you know these made me giggle. Um, so maybe uh, maybe for next year we will do some sort of voting. Um, so it's a little more. Um, I guess democratic would be the the right word to say there. Um, but uh, this is just, you know, uh, me voting for my own work. It's really just me laughing at my own jokes, um, pretty much. So without further ado, here are my thoughts on the top episode names of 2023. So starting uh, with that episode that I had mentioned um, with Null Cookies, uh, the title was Father Fishmas, Give Us the Money. And as I've said, you know, on this podcast before, you know, sometimes these names just uh, write themselves, which is always fantastic. Um, I, I definitely wanted a holiday themed name for a December episode. And last year's holiday pun name was Feast of the Seven Fishes, and I love that. So I'm glad the tradition could continue this year. Um, but in all seriousness, this is a really great episode where our friend Noel Cookies joins us to talk about phishing scams targeting um, the United States Postal Service. Um, because you know, uh, Domain Tools recently published our own um, 
research surrounding these campaigns, um, one with a threat actor out of Iran and another one uh, out of um, China. So, uh, so we invited our, you know, veteran fishing expert uh, Noel Cookies to come, you know, talk about um, those those campaigns at length. And it's really a great episode because um, I love how Noel Cookies also delves into, you know, the psychology behind fishing and why, you know, anybody really, you know, despite how how much experience you have within this industry, um, you know, everybody's, you know, still a target of uh, a phishing campaign uh, or is is a possible target. And, um, you know, just based on human nature, sometimes, you know, that human nature really uh, steps in and uh, you're susceptible to to falling for a phishing campaign. Um, so, so it's a very interesting episode with a lot of great advice from Null Cookies. And of course, Absolutely love uh, a good Kinks reference. Um, if you're familiar with that Kinks Christmas song, um, and again, sometimes these things just write themselves, and we're so lucky when that happens. But next up, uh, the next top punny name for 2023 is episode from one episode 169, which is D Dawson's Creek. sure what the crossover between InfoSec and Dawson's Creek is. Um, it might be pretty big. It might not. Um, I've actually never seen Dawson's Creek, if I'm being completely honest. I was a little bit too young um, at the time for that show, and I never really had the desire to go back and watch it. But um, that I, I love the name of the episode and it's it's a it's an interesting episode because um we talk about one of the biggest uh DDoS uh campaigns to date so there you know there might be an even bigger one in 2024 you know who knows but uh at the time of recording that was the biggest uh distributed denial of service attack that that we could we could discuss at the time all right so next up is uh episode 154, which is not your neurotypical episode. And in this episode, we talked to um, a frequent co-host of Breaking Badness, uh, Ian Campbell, um, and Travis Hall about how neurodivergence benefits cybersecurity and infosec. You know, this is a this is a great episode. Um, both Ian and um, Travis are absolutely wonderful to to talk to about, you know, what it means to identify as neurodivergent. Um, they're they're really using their their seats of uh, you know privilege, uh, as they would say, to you know talk about how they can make how they can help organizations make um, you know the working environment a a safer place for those that identify as neurodivergent. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of pluses to to identifying as neurodivergent that can really, especially in the cybersecurity and infosec communities, how how it, those are actually uh, superpowers that can really benefit both the individual and the organization and and really the industry as a whole. So it's a fantastic episode. Um, Ian and Travis have also spoken about. Uh, this very topic at a at a conference recently, um, and I'm I'm so sure that uh, they're going to 
you know, continue to talk about this topic in, in 2024. I'd love to have them back and, and talk more about this. Um, but in, in terms of the name of the episode, I will admit that naming this episode stumped me for a minute. And that, you know, because I was very much trying to figure out what can I do with the word neurodivergent? Is there something I can do with um, the movie Divergent? Um, I've never even seen that movie. So I'm just like, this is this is really grasping at straws. But, um, you know, I, I was having a difficulty and then poof, it came to me uh, to, you know, make a pun out of uh, neurotypical, which is, you know, the term for those, uh, you know, who do not identify as neurodivergent. Very, very, very proud of that particular pun. I think that turned out very well, if I do say so myself. Um, all right, so my second to last pick is episode 146, which is I am extortionary if you ever get to know me, in parentheses. Any Liz Fair fans out there? Uh, because I created a pun out of her song, I am extraordinary if you ever get to know me. But in this episode, um, Kelsey, Tim, and Taylor um, talk about um, the FBI takedown of the Hive ransomware variant, um, along with some insights from the 2022 Guidepoint Research and Intelligence Team Ransomware Report. So um, yeah, uh, think extortion was a big part of that particular episode. But all right, uh, my final pick uh, in top punny names uh, for 2023. And again, um, these aren't necessarily in any particular order. Um, this section, um, really, I, ju- I just I just like how, how these names turned out, really. So my final pick is Epic Bail, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and its impact on InfoSec. Um, And I will admit that this name actually comes from the mind of my husband. If I haven't mentioned it before, uh, both he and I used to do stand-up comedy from time to time. And when I need help creating puns or just seeing if a pun makes sense, um, I talk to him. Um, But in this episode, um, Kelsey, Daniel Schwalbe, and Tim, you know, discuss the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, which, you know, I... It feels like that wasn't that. It feels like that was longer ago than uh, earlier in 2023. But they discussed the collapse of you know the bank and and practical advice moving forward. But uh, yeah, Epic Bail is just a chef's kiss of a name. Seriously. So th- those are the top punny names uh, for for 2023. And now we're going to move into you know the meat of the matter, which is top episodes of 2023. And these do come at an order. So we're going to start with number five, moving all the way to number one. So coming in at number five, we have we actually have a recent episode, which is episode number 174, which is Pick Your DNS Cache Poison. In this episode, um, we discuss, you know, we usually um, always discuss two campaigns um, within the episode. So we discussed an attack on a municipal water authority as our first uh, first campaign, um, a group known as the Cyber Avengers were the E, the first E at least, 
uh, is the number three. Um, oh, that's clever. Yeah. Uh, and, well, yep. I know. Why not? Why isn't the second E also a three? Just, we get why isn't the S a five? I know. Laziness. Hmm. These are great questions, but you know, they're, they are an Iranian hacking group. Um, but have we seen other attacks from them or is this, you know, are they relatively new? So I will admit I was not particularly aware of this group, uh, before a few days ago, which if you parse that carefully, what I actually mean is I'd never heard of them. Uh, <laughs> and so in prepping for the episode, uh, I was looking around and I didn't find much about their historical exploits. But of course, pulling back, the Iranian government Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, uh, or IRGC, as it's uh, abbreviated a lot, uh, they've been one of the major players from a state-sponsored hacking perspective for Oh, going back a bunch of years. So um, as CISA put it in their advisory, you know, this is a persona. They call it that. I like that way of putting it. And this is just one of the personas of the uh, Revolutionary Guard hacking outfits there. So I think it's likely that whoever the individuals are that are claiming to be cyber vendors, they've probably been part of that larger group in Iran for who knows how long, just depending on how long they have been in business, uh, those individuals. But yeah, I think this is certainly seems to be what has put them on the map in this persona of cyber of of three ninjas. I'm just going to call them that. And then we conclude the episode with, uh, discussing, um, Timo Longin and SEC consults latest research on DNS cache poisoning. Uh, natting scenarios um, where the carrier DNS server is kind of built to handle a lot of stuff. Um, and so in certain, they've done a lot of research on resolvers on the internet, basically, <laughs> and the randomness of the ports that get assigned for how they kind of cache these authoritative entries into their, um, in, into the name server itself, and then give out those answers down below to anyone who asks it, right? So um, over the course of that research, you know, they discovered that there were certain vulnerable resolvers where they could kind of reserve a lot of these ports that might be used for randomness to try and, you know, make it trickier to, uh, you know, ruin the cache essentially uh, and then force the those large uh, resolvers again carrier grade uh, resolvers to you know go ask for you know take certain answers in as authoritative and then write you know give those out to people below them when they asked for a specific question in in DNS Okay, coming in at number four, we've got episode number 152, Goodwill Threat Hunting, and that is another good pun name of an episode. Kelsey, Tim, and Taylor discuss Cisco Talis's, uh Ukraine task force one year into the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Tim, just to double click on this, Cisco Talis wanted to help once the invasion began, to fast forwarding here a little bit which led to an internal Ukraine task unit, which can respond to future global events with cyber implications. Is this the first task unit of, of its kind? Well, within Talos, as far as I know, um, it is. I think one of the um, interpretations of what a task unit like this might do and might be uh, more broadly 
is the kind of government slash private sector partnerships that um, we're starting to really see a lot of emphasis on, which is one of the great developments, I think, in InfoSec, especially in the last couple of years. It seems like this has ramped up quite a bit. So we know that various uh, cybersecurity firms have been working on a geopolitical basis, working with governments um, in different hotspots around the world, as well as just generally fighting ransomware and uh, industrial control security threats and so forth. So uh, this is the first one that uh, Talos has spun up, to my knowledge, but um, we've seen some of these kinds of, uh, of cooperation in various other places. They also discuss um, Google Pixel and Windows 11 uncropping bugs, um, which was a really interesting story. I'm going to let Taylor uh, talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, so this is an interesting one because it was found uh, for the Google Markup. So it's Google Markup is the the tool that ships uh, by default on Pixel for uh, editing images if you've taken a screenshot. And so reverse engineers Simon Aarons and David Buchanan uh, discovered the issue for the markup uh, for the Google Pixel, noting that it had been there since about 2018. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Google has since patched that. Um, they also discovered that this uh, similar behavior occurred in the Windows 11 snipping tool. And so, you know, what's kind of happening here, and I can speak to the, the Google side of it first, uh, is that when the uh, screenshot is created, that file is created, uh, uh, when, like, let's say you take a, a, a shot of your screen and you want to, like, trim off how low your battery is, right? So you make that image smaller, uh, the underlying file process uh, to write it to disk should truncate the file. Uh, and in the past, it did truncate the file, meaning trim it down uh, to make it the, the smaller file size. Uh, at some point, the underlying kind of API that they use to talk to that uh, file system uh, you know, stopped truncating by default. And so when they did not explicitly truncate the image uh, at the file system level, it just left the full size there. And so you, you know, that kind of left the that extra bits of information that might have been covered up, removed, what have you, uh, still available for um, someone to grab and deobfuscate. Okay, coming in at number three, we are a little more than halfway there. Uh, we've got episode number 148, which is What Not to Ransomware. Uh, the title for this one comes from years of watching TLC's What Not to Wear. So I'm really glad I could put you know that to good use. Um, but in this episode, um, Kelsey, Ian, and Taylor get out the popcorn to discuss the dismantling of Xclue. So at its core, Xclue is a European encrypted messaging app with some other bells and whistles. Um, it claimed an ability to remote wipe devices along with uh, uh, exchanging the usual range of messages, text, notes, voice memos, videos. Um, it cost over 100 euros a month, which is kind of eye-watering to regular consumers. And to me, it is at least implicitly indicative of the kind of customers Exclue oriented itself towards. Is this a reference to exclusive 
exclude is that is that what's or they exclude players of of course the board game which of those do you think best determines the users i I need to know well i don't see colonel mustard and i don't see a candlestick and i don't see a a kitchen hallway or library so i'm gonna (laughs) guess it's exclusive (laughs) it's french it's the past participle for exclusive exclude um (laughs) but yeah, this article mentions that some exclude users were those in sensitive fields like lawyers, doctors, and notaries. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't all for uh, nefarious purposes. Yeah, there's definitely some indication that uh, other users engaged with it for legitimate privacy and sensitivity reasons. I'm guessing that's where a chunk of the Dutch user base comes from, which was about a third of their 3,000 user base. Uh, I'm a little surprised folks on the straight and narrow would use it, but there might be some intricacies around privacy and having the servers in the Netherlands that made it more attractive in context. And, uh, you know, especially compared to larger services that may have U.S.-based complications. Huh. And I guess rolling back to rather than talking about the user base, um, the threat actors behind this recent ransomware fund, what efforts were made to bring these cyber criminals to justice? Who was involved and how long did the operation take? Uh, it looks like a series of overlapping investigations by Euro- uh, European law enforcement eventually came together over the course of about three years. Um, those included a Dutch investigation on the service and its owners and uh, uh, employees or those managing it, and a German investigation on uh, users of the service. But it looks wider than just that because authorities from Belgium, Italy, Sweden, and France were also involved. Um, Dutch law enforcement in particular are incredibly sophisticated and, frankly, fun to watch when it comes to cybercrime investigations. And it looks like they were able to fully compromise the exclusive uh, service amidst the takedown. So they now have about five months of backlogged messaging data to keep searching through. Uh, Alongside the raids aimed at Exclu itself, they've also made dozens of... We also discuss hackers who exploited a two-year-old VMware vulnerability. <laughs> uh, but Taylor, this this is an unpatched bug that you referred to, right? With, um, or I guess I should say, the article yeah. is referring to. Um, so, does that mean that the organization knew about it? Uh, organization being VMware previously. Um, well, sure, right? So v- VMware, having been around as, as long as it is, uh, they have uh, uh, put out many versions of ESXi, uh, the newest being, I think, in the 8.x varietal. Um, and so there, it's one of those things where you're kind of continually responding to the market. I, As someone who works for a, uh, a commercial hypervisor uh, company, it's one of those things where um, you're continually kind of evolving with the underlying OSs as they upgrade. Um, you may need to change like your source kernel uh, as things like systemd emerge and take over all kinds of Linux services um, that you might have run prior. So like there's, as like the OS market evolves, the hypervisor market also has to evolve. So there are, you know, 
you'll find bugs. And this particular, what's interesting about this is that, you know, folks are pointing at these open SLP or service location protocol um, bugs that they're saying, hey, these things can be used to uh, kind of gain uh, control of a machine. And then, uh, you know, at that point, the, the ransomware follows on not too long after, or the encrypted uh, files follow on not too after. Uh, but no one has like really come out and showed the full exploit chain on this. So um, they're saying like, Hey, this could be this, you know, it certainly looks like this could be, uh, you know, a, a, a way that folks are uh, compromising these ESXi servers, but you know, there's like, this is a very emerging thing. So, you know, there are folks who are saying like, Hey, I don't have any of those services running. None of them are public and I still uh, managed to get compromised in this. So, um, you know, I think the, the jury is out a little bit on this, but certainly these vulnerabilities are known about. There are patches for them. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it is really tricky to patch a hypervisor that may be running a bunch of services underneath it, uh, you, know, you know, virtual machines that are maybe critical um, that you may not be able to live migrate off, right, because there's going to be downtime. Um, you know, also in some cases, you know, when you upgrade your hypervisor, the level of support that you have for older OSs can be diminished. Um, you know, usually there's a good reason for that because they're full of security holes or have all kinds of issues and you shouldn't be running them. But, uh, you know, these things happen. Um, stuff ends up running a lot longer than you might expect it to. All right. Second to last coming in at number two is episode 149, You Data Broker My Heart. It was, uh, this is actually the last episode before our big two-parter 150th episode extravaganza. And I really like this episode because Kelsey, Daniel, and Taylor talk about the rise of phishing as a service. Um, and actually in our previous, in our 2024 predictions episode slash webinar, um, we talk about, you know, what we think will be the latest, you know, quote unquote, as a service business model in 2024. But, uh, you know, here uh, we're we're just talking about fishing as a service. You know, we'll see we'll see what 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 is rising as a service in the coming year. Yeah. On so when they looked at the server, they found a directory listing on the server. So they're able to expose the files on the server and they found a file archive named AR22.zip, which had the entire phishing package suite. So all the, the PHP for all the different phishing pages. Um, and so they noticed the file inside of that that was config.php that held a, a Telegram bot token. And so they were able to get information about everybody who was subscribed to the Telegram. Bot. So a lot of the communication for this stuff happens on those uh, kind of telegram channels, those encrypted end to end channels uh, within the messaging apps uh, where, you know, nefarious ne'er-do-wells gather together uh, to, you know, to share their services, in this case, the different phishing kits they may have access to. Uh, and so by taking that config, that, that telegram token, config.php, um, you know, there was in there that they were able to pull all of the, the group and user of the phishing campaign, that particular campaign. And so they found a couple of telegram channels that were 
open, either open or had no restrictions on access once they got in. So they were able to see all the content of the channel um, without being a member of the group or even pulling an invite. So they were able to see chats on the group members, you know, how to and where to buy phishing kits, login information, uh, the virtual private servers where the phishing kits are stored, and then just folks uh, chatting about the next campaign that they were working on. But in addition to that, Daniel brought a really interesting article to the table about how mental health data is obtained via third parties. Quite often overlooked is our mental health data. So how is this information being dispersed to these data brokers? Is it only from mental health professional using an online portal or telegraph, telegraph, or excuse me, telehealth apps, um, telegram on the brain? Daniel, tell me what you think about all of that. Boy, howdy. So this is something that I'm very passionate about. So, you know, might be getting a little bit on the soapbox here. But um, in general, I want to make I want to make uh, very clear that I don't think anybody is election. Uh, um, excuse me. Anybody is alleging that uh, uh, protected health information is being leaked uh, illegally or inappropriately. However, um, there are many opportunities where this kind of information can be collected and is collected that is not covered by things like HIPAA. So um, this is a federal law that protects uh, health information, and it is, by the way, not HIP. PPA, as it's often referred to, uh, it's HIPAA, which is the Health Insurance and Portability uh, Accountability Act of 1996. So it's actually quite old, but it largely takes care of uh, protecting health information in certain settings. This is the key word. Uh, in HIPAA, I'm not going to go into deep. Uh, when I uh, worked for a government agency that was also affiliated with a large medical uh, center, I learned more about HIPAA than I ever care to forget. Um, and uh, there is something called a covered entity. Uh, so if you are sharing personal health information with a covered entity or if the covered entity is collecting it for you, like your medical provider, et cetera, then that stuff is protected. And there are pretty serious fines and consequences associated with um, violating HIPAA rules. Uh, however, there are now many, you know, sort of healthcare adjacent cottage industries that uh, are not covered entities. And therefore, the data you give to them voluntarily by agreeing to their extensive privacy policies that nobody ever reads, um, it may actually uh, be possible for them to legally, uh, absent any other regulation, to share that information with third parties such as data brokers. All right. We have made it to the end. And our number one episode from 2023 uh, might not come as a surprise to a lot of folks. It was uh, our most listened to episode. Um, very popular. I think we 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 gained a lot of new followers uh, because of, of this particular episode. So this should probably come as no surprise to anybody. But the number one episode of 2023 is the special report featuring quadrant security. So I mentioned earlier in this episode that Champ Clark III and Stephen Drenning Blaylock joined us on the podcast um, to talk about their experience warding the, the ransomware gang Black Basta. 
right, so can you tell me a little bit about how this breach was first carried out? Yeah, um, Mr. Durning, I'll let you kind of go into that uh, if you'd like to. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, so it started with a third-party um, company getting compromised. Um, now, as far as how they were compromised, we can't really speak to that. Um, but leveraging their access, they started a very targeted uh, spear phishing campaign um, against our client. Um, actually, one of the um, phishing emails was actually sent through an ongoing email chain. So it was interesting. You were able to read it and third-party client, third-party client, and then the threat actor client. Um, so that was that was kind of a new one. Um, so what uh, what the threat actor did was as uh, part of the phishing email, they attached a ISO file, uh, essentially a disk image, and that actually contained the Quackbot malware. So uh, what the Quackbot is is it's a, uh, a handy tool for your threat actors. It works as a backdoor. Um, immediately, this thing started calling out to command and control servers or C2 domains. Um, after a short time, I was able to download a second stage, which was later to be determined as uh, Brute Mattel um, from an IP in Russia. And then from there, that's when things started going very, very sideways very, very quickly. Um, Later, while we were going through the logs, we were able to serve around this time. They started doing Kerber roasting, which is uh, querying a uh, Kerberos or authentication server to start pulling um, poorly encrypted uh, certificates uh, that you can actually go and you can crack the credentials uh, relatively easy. Those use uh, RC4 encoding and all of that fun stuff. Following the download of the Brute Retail, uh, we also started seeing a couple different things going across the network uh, through SMB, um, and that would be the actual ransomware itself, as well as other files that were associated with. Um... We reshared the episode in November um, as well, due due to the popularity of it, and uh, and because Black Bosto was emerging again in the news cycle. You're like, okay, I, I don't know what this does, but you know it's not going to be good. Um, so they started locking out the accounts and they started blocking some IPs. And then their accounts started getting locked out. And what we found out later is that they had multiple connections that we were not aware of at the time. And they noticed their other connections dying. So um, they ran a script that went through and every single one of their admins, they reset their password. So it was at that point they realized Things have gone terribly sideways, and the gentleman at the data center got the word, and he started pulling cables. Uh, and that was only 56 hours between the initial fish to somebody physically pulling cables out of data center. So the, the fastest way to mitigate it was actually just to say, are we on the same page? Client was on the same page, and then we pulled the connection. At that point, with the connections down, you're kind of hitting that big pause button on the video game saying, okay, hold up here. It was a lot of regrouping. But now whenever you pull that connection, of course, our team also loses connections. So we can no longer, you know, keep doing the analysis. Luckily, we could. And so you didn't have somebody on site uh, physically. Then. At this point, we right? were. 
That is 100% correct. We are all remote at this point. So they had pulled it. So then at that point, what we requested the, uh, we did have a, uh, one of our guys go to one of the data centers and we use these cradle points to hook directly up to our servers so that, and they, they're just 5G connections. They're, you know, cell phone re- uh, related kind of connections so that we could gain access back into the servers to continue researching what was going on. Obviously, in order to mitigate it, we have to understand where patient zero is, P0 is, uh, how they got into the network, what's been touched. Luckily, uh, Drenning, was this on a, was this like a Friday or a Thursday that this started? If I remember correctly, this happened on a Thursday evening or a Friday evening. Right. I think so it was a Friday. Afternoon at about a uh, quarter to five is usually when things go really <laughs> bad. Right? <laughs> right. Well, and joking aside, in this particular case, I wanted it to be closer to a weekend because then that means their staff isn't going to be there. And so if the network's down for a little bit longer, they're less likely to have users yelling at the team and whatnot. But luckily, as I said, this CISA, he understood the gravity of it. So he was willing to uh, take our advice and, and continue forward. I don't want I don't want to give everything away here because otherwise this episode would be hours long. And I know some people like podcasts like that, but um, you can always catch the full episodes of what we listed. Um, you know, however you like to consume your podcasts, likely how however you're listening to this particular episode now. All right, uh, we we've reached the end of uh, of this particular episode. Um, we had a fantastic year in 2023 with Breaking Badness. It's our goal to keep defenders apprised of the pertinent news and trends. Um, So we hope you find our podcast both informative and enjoyable. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about in 2024. But again, thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back with our regular programming next week. Um, So thank you and have a great year, everybody. Bye-bye now. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.